Hi guys, welcome to the Fitness Diaries podcast. On today's episode, I sat down with Diana Falzerano. I had a really great time talking to her. We sat by the ocean, by the beach, on the rocks. One of my favorite things to do, and I kind of think I may start doing that more. You hear the ocean waves through the whole podcast, which to me is just really magical. I really enjoy the energy of the ocean and the water. She has a great story, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy talking to her. So how did you get started in your whole health and fitness journey? Um, so let me start from the very beginning. I want beginning. you to start from the beginning <laughs> for when you were like a little girl. Well, when, when I was growing up, I always played sports. So field hockey and softball were my main sports. But then I swam, I did volleyball, basketball, like a little bit of everything. So it was always active. Even when I was little, I was always I had a gym membership, I think from literally like 7th grade and on. So always doing something. Right. Went to college. I played club field hockey for a year, still just going to the gym. And then post-college, I started working in social media in the city. So I was a social media manager because my degree was public relations and marketing. And that was around like 2012, 2013. So... Instagram was maybe I think around for like two years or so it was fairly new like I was actually even thinking recently Vine was around then I don't know if you remember Vine it was like the beginning of kind of what like reels are now it was like a video no, I don't. oh no I do remember you would take like quick quick videos so it was like Vine was around Twitter Pinterest was really big okay. I don't really use Pinterest now but I'm sure it's still big Facebook Instagram whatever I did that for about three years so I don't handle all companies social media then as I was there I was commuting I was in the city and I just I started to go to classes after work so I would go to soul cycle I'm trying to think what else was around during that time but soul cycle wasn't the big like boutique fitness because it was just beginning then again it was like 2012 2013 and when I started going to these studios and recognizing that the managers and the instructors were full-time I was like I would love to do something like that because I do, I'm, I'm a very relaxed, chill person, I would like to say, but then I also do have a lot of energy. So sitting. Yeah. I noticed that today when you killed me in class. Yeah. Talk about that later. (laughs) Exactly. When it starts, I'm like, okay, game time. But sitting at a desk nine to five commuting, just like, I don't know. I realized it just wasn't for me. I always worked weekends, whether I was bartending or lifeguarding. I was always used to a different schedule. You you were a lifeguard. I was a lifeguard for about six years. Yeah. So I didn't mind having a different schedule if I had to work weekends and whatever. So once I recognized, okay, there could be a job full-time fitness, I started researching all the studios on Long Island because I was living on Long Island. And I found Pure Bar Manhasset. And they were hiring a front desk girl. So I actually started as front desk. And then I became an instructor there. Um, SLT was at the block. So I started as a client there, then became an instructor there. Then I got my personal training. And then from there, it kind of grew into what... I am now today as a full-time instructor and trainer. But in that time, I also was, I've tried all different positions. Like I was a manager at SoulCycle on Long Island as well. Did you teach SoulCycle too? I never taught Soul. I actually auditioned twice and didn't get it, but it is what it is. It's okay. I don't know if I could ride a bike all the time now. I mean, I give a lot of credit to them because even after taking a class, I would be like dead. So I can't even imagine doing like 
10 of those a week or whatever it is or schedule like. One of the gals, like. Casey Cohen, who I had on the podcast, uh-huh. um, she would do five soul cycle classes a day. A day? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would never do that. Also just because in terms of, I, you know, it's good for cardio and it's fun and whatnot, but in terms of keeping your body safe and stuff, you have to add in like that lifting and that cross training. Um, so yeah, never taught for them, but was the marketing manager for Woodbury and then I moved to Roslyn. But in the end, I always came back to teaching and training and that's what I do now full time. I think I wanted to try out the marketing, not the marketing side, the manager side, because I am so right type A and I like having that schedule. But then I always just came back to liking to make my own schedule. Now, what made you, now COVID, all trainers and fitness studios took a hit, but yeah. a lot of the trainers started their own right. companies and they mm-hmm. started their own apps. And they, So you started your company because of COVID or you were already doing it? So I had, I was training clients before COVID already, but it was more like teaching was my full time and training in a way was like my side hustle. Now it's like my training has become more of my income and not that my teaching is my side hustle, but it just has changed like my perspective of where my time can go. I still love teaching. I'll always teach in studio because I do like the balance of the two. I don't think I could do all one or the other. And I, I do like working for a studio. I lurk, like working with other people. So I always did train people privately. But COVID gave me that extra push to start my online subscription, to make it an LLC, to make my website, get a brand, get a logo. So to make it more legit, in a sense. How have you been doing though with everything? With- Just balancing everything? Yeah. Well, like, has COVID helped? So COVID, because I'm finding that when I talk to a lot of fitness trainers, COVID actually was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because the, especially in the online subscription, I always knew I wanted to do something like it. Like I was like, I want to have this portal where everyone could do different workouts because I do a little bit of everything. I do bar Pilates, I'll do strength training, and then I'll go take a hit class and do yoga. But it's like, I'm staying consistent with it. So that's what works for my body. So I liked doing a little bit of everything and I want to show people that you can do a little bit of everything and it doesn't have to be a two hour workout. You can get a good 30, 45 minute workout at home. So I was thinking of it before COVID, especially because I saw people already doing it, but I was always like, well, you know, I'm at the studios. I don't have the time. And then I was home. I was just like, what do I have to lose? Just put it out there. What was your fear in not doing it? just my ego thinking nobody would sign up nobody would do it it wouldn't get me I don't know anywhere anything and now to see it grow so much um I don't know I'm I'm really proud of it if someone (laughs) said to you okay I want to start my own like online business like Mm -hmm. yours I'm a fitness instructor what tips and suggestions would you give them to succeed I do think you, before you even do start online, you need to have, people need to know like what your brand is. So if you're teaching in studio, that's great because you already kind of get a following in that sense. But if you don't and you're already digital from the beginning, maybe teaming up with someone who has a podcast, a different brand, even a friend on Instagram live so that people can understand when they come to your subscription, what it is to expect. Like what type of workouts are they going to be doing while they're there are you more of a strength training or trainer sense do you like to teach to the beat of the music whatever it is just people should know when they think of your name what workouts what training style kind of aligns with you 
And then after that, I mean, I didn't have like a business plan or anything. I knew the name. I knew the colors. I knew the workouts I wanted to put out there. And then you just have to go for it. It's not going to all be perfect. Like my videos in the beginning, I launched last July. So it actually took me a little bit of time from March to July because the website had to be built. I had to get all the equipment, whatever. It's not all going to be perfect. Like my videos from July, I'm sure the editing and the lighting are different from now. And even sometimes now I'll teach a class and like the mic will go out. And, but I still put it up there because people are going to do the workout no matter what. Um, even if it's not completely perfect from beginning to end. So just think of your brand, think of what you want to put out there. And then not everything, you don't need this 10 year plan from the start and doesn't all have to be perfect. As long as I think you're kind of staying true to what your training style is and people know what to expect, you put it out there and you know, your subscribers and your followers will follow, you'll keep growing. And you kind of just have to like trust the process. And then different ideas come from there. So yeah, trusting the process is hard. I know I struggle with that too. And how you were talking about followers. And I know earlier we were talking about influencers and influencers that have like hundreds of thousands of followers and brands. Like how do you, how do you keep it? So things fresh for your IG and your platforms. So you do get the followers and how, how do you get the brands to want to work with you? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I could just get a brand to want to work with me, it would be yeah. great. And I've talked about it before. Um, it's just interesting. I mean, I will say I've been fortunate since... I feel like before COVID, I worked with a few brands. But again, I didn't have my own class. Like during this, I created my own class, Pilates Strength. So before this, I was very tied to being an instructor and kind of a trainer on the side. And now it's switched. So... I've been fortunate during this, another silver lining, is brands have reached out. And I don't know if that's in the sense of, first of just engaging with my community and my followers. So not even just, yes, consistently posting and commenting back who's online, but also giving love to other people's accounts. Right. Reposting theirs, commenting on a brand, tagging them in mind whether they've sponsored me or not. Like keeping it fresh in that sense. And then just recently I hired a girl to help me to reach out to more brands, you know, bigger brands that maybe I wouldn't have the opportunity to work with, but you just have to get out there and ask. And the worst that they could say is no. And you may get five no's from them until maybe you get a yes. Right. And it's not that it's going to be a no forever. It may just be a no right now. And that can completely change in the future. And I think we were discussing I'm sure there's some brands that I'm sure are only going to look at, hey, you have to have yes. 50,000 followers or more. But then I also do think more brands are working with the micro-influencer. Like, I have less than 4,000 followers, but when I put a post up, I know that the people that are commenting and stuff, I almost know or see every single person that's commenting right. on that. They're right. a client or they're taking my class or they're my friend. So I think it's more about just keeping that engagement open to everybody that you're following not just hey me 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 do you respond back to every comment okay yes I do my best like after I post it like I've taken a few social media like courses and whatnot and they say don't like post and ghost post and ghost so I'll put it up then within those first 10 minutes if people are commenting I'll comment back I'll try to write a comment to every single thing if not I'll at least like like it or send an emoji but I do try to comment back to everything whether it's like a like a thank you or like I don't know answering their question on it but I too try to because again the likes have completely changed 
on Instagram, the whole algorithm. It's all about the engagement. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's about who shares it, who saves it. It's not so just much about like, oh my God, I have to get 500 likes on this photo. Right. No, totally. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your tattoos. Oh, you yeah. have a lot of awesome <laughs> tattoos. Yeah. What are their all meanings? So there's a lot. I was telling you, I have 11 tattoos. They're all small and tiny, but and I, a lot of people don't realize I have 11. And then when you look, you're kind of like, oh, okay, you do have a lot. But my first two that I got were my most meaningful and they were from my grandparents that passed away. And so that was in about like 2000, it was when I was 18. So that's however many years ago now, like 13 years ago. Now I get them just kind of more for fun. So a lot of them are like beach related. I love that. Yeah. So the anchor in the infinity sign, like it means you can't be held down. So I kind of just liked that. And then the ship's wheel, the captain ship Mm -hmm. means you're the captain of your own life. Though five waves are from my five siblings, and again, I just love the beach, so five? I just was... Oh, you're... That's right. You Yeah, six. so I have five siblings. We gotta talk about that. One of five. Um, the Of the Sea was just on a ring I liked. Again, beach-related. The Evil Eye mm-hmm. wards off all the bad things and people. And then Pure Vida. I go to Costa Rica a lot, so Pure oh, Vida really? just means pure life, live your life. That's their saying. So I got this a while ago. Um, the Seashell. I have fearless on one of my legs. I have a pineapple. The pineapple is just like a little silly thing. I still so, want a tattoo. I don't have one. <laughs> you know, and it's, I was telling you, like, I grew up, my, my dad has a ton of tattoos, so I grew up around tattoos. My mom is none, but it never was a big deal to me. So, do your siblings have tattoos too? About half a, three of my brothers have tattoos. My sister has none. She probably won't ever get any. And my oldest brother has none. And I don't think he'll ever get any either. So most of us do. Um, but I never, in the beginning with the one for my grandparents and the one for my Nana, I was like, okay, these are meaningful ones. You know, I thought about it more. It took me a little more time. And then after that, I was already just like, I want this. I'm going to go get it. Cause to me, it's just not a big deal. Um, How many but again, everyone's different. How many tattoos does your dad have? Oh my god, I don't even know. He's like covered. Maybe she'll get us a picture and I'll post it when yeah. I post this episode. Um, yeah, he has a lot. <laughs> so you grew up in a big family. So yes. what was that like growing up with so many brothers and sisters? Um, it was. Mom. <laughs> yeah, so my, my mom's amazing. She, yeah, she took care of us. Um, I mean, it was loud. It was crazy. It was always busy. But I think I'm so used to that. And even now, when I go to my parents' house, there's always somebody there. Whether right. it's my sister's there with my nephews, my brother's there with my niece. Like, there's just always someone there. And we all, you know, we, some of us went away to college, some of us away, whatever. But now everyone's back on Long Island, so we're all still fairly close to where my parents live. And, yeah, it was crazy and busy, but my house is always the house that everyone hung out at. And I we're all fairly close in age. My oldest brother is about, like, 38. My youngest brother is 24. So it's a range for them. But all of our friends knew each other, and then you're from a small town, so, you know, you have siblings in the same grade. But our house is always a cozy house, a house you could just walk into, hang out with, and, I mean, hang, hang out at. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was so much fun. Now, did any of you guys get COVID, or were you all healthy during this, or? I think I may have had it last year when, like, the, the shutdown first happened. Yeah, I think I did too because I couldn't taste. Me too. Or, or but I didn't go and get tested because that's when it was like insane oh, to know. do I anything. Stayed in my room. So I was just home 
um, my boyfriend and I, we lost our taste buds. So I think I definitely had it then. But I don't think anybody else in my family had it. And then most of the people in my family are nurses, okay. doctors are working in the medical field. So most of us now are vaccinated or getting vaccinated. A lot of teachers as well. So no, for the most part, we were healthy, knock on wood. So it's been good. Glad you guys were all safe and healthy. Yeah. And it's, it, this has been a crazy year. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm surprised that we're even back as we are. I kind of thought it would be another year. I know. It is kind of nuts to think only a year has gone by because it seems so long. But at the same time, I feel like it like flew by. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I know. And I went home to Seattle for three months. Oh, you did? Yeah. How was it in Seattle? It was everything was shut down. Yeah. Things were kind of starting to open. Um, my sister's got a cabin on Lake Coeur d'Alene. So I basically okay. was at her house in North Bend by myself, oh, that's which nice. is fabulous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, I'll show you videos of, like, the deer that would, you know, and I remember a couple of times my sister was like, get them out of my yard. Yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> well, different from here, yeah. <laughs> like, every morning I'd water her plants. Yeah. And then they would be right there. One day I came home, there were seven deer oh, wow. in her driveway. That's a lot. And one was waiting for me, waggling its little tail, mm -hmm. and I FaceTimed my sister, but it didn't work because it was the cutest thing. This deer was literally sitting in her driveway, <laughs> wagging its tail. It's like a dog. It was. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was just the neatest thing to see them. Yeah. But, like, and do you ever get, because, you know, during COVID, we're, we were all in the house, and we're all working out at home mm -hmm. and on Zoom, and a lot of the things that I struggle with, and I think a lot of other people do, is, you know, if we're working out every day is it we're not seeing the results that we were hoping to see mm -hmm. which kind of confuses me a lot and I know everybody's like well it's all about what you eat but that's where I get a little confused like yeah. how is food make more of a difference on your body than working out well you have to be thinking like you and I were discussing yes you can work out every day but it depends the intensity that you're doing each day like, you can't be doing a hit class five days a week. You shouldn't be working out more than, I would say, an hour and a half tops every day. So, if you have a high stimulus day and another high stimulus day and another high stimulus, like, you're obviously going to need that time to recover. I personally take usually two days off. I teach on really? Saturdays, so I don't have time to really work out on Saturdays because I teach all morning till 12 and then I want to enjoy my weekend. So I usually get out and maybe I'll go for a walk on like Saturday or Sunday, but I usually take the weekends off. And so you have to be thinking of that balance. If you're going to work out every day, what is the intensity that you're giving every day? Because your body needs time to recover. Your muscle needs time to recover. And then you have to make sure that you're replenishing what you worked off. So are you getting enough protein? What's your balance of carbs and fat? A lot of people think right away, let me do no carbs, no fat, no sugar. And that's just not right because your body needs those types of nutrients. So like all the fat diets, products. you're not a fan of? No, no, no. I will say, I do on my Instagram posts, hey, this is paleo and whatnot, because that's what works for me. I have a very sensitive stomach. So do I. Back in the day, I had to get like every test done. I had a colonoscopy at oh, like yeah. 20 years yeah, old. Yeah, been there. And just nothing came back. So one day my mom was literally like, why don't you just try to cut out dairy? So I tried that and then I tried gluten and I just felt better. But but I don't suggest that to my clients. If they can have dairy and feel fine, then do it. But you just have to think of, I don't have a nutrition degree yet. That's the one thing I do want to work on because so many people do ask me about that. But I don't feel 
comfortable enough really giving like, hey, this is the amount of calories because I still need to right. learn about it. But, you know, depending on what you're having, you should be having usually about one gram of lean protein balancing with your body weight. And then you have to mix in your carbs and your fats, a.k.a. your macros. And as long as you're staying in that and staying consistent with your workouts, it you're just going to see faster results. Because if you're eating more, working less, that's going to cause that weight gain. That's why when everyone says, oh, if I lift... I'm going to get bulky. No, you would have to severely overeat to lift and get bulky. The reason you're lifting is because it's turning your muscle into leaner muscle. It's decreasing your body fat. Um, So the balance of the two is what's going to get your faster results. But it's it's such a hard question to answer because it's like, what are you doing throughout the week? When are you doing your hit? When are you doing your training, your yoga or whatever it is? But you need that time to recover no matter what. And it could be a long walk on your recovery day or a light stretch. Like, I like to move no matter what, but I'm not hardcore working out every day. How many uh, certificates do you have, trainings? And then, and, and then tell me, I want to know how many you have, and okay. I want to know why you chose them all. Okay, so I have, I'll go, th- I'll go through the ones I got first. Well, I'm certified through Pure Bar, for bar, obviously. They have their own certification. So there are like bar certifications, but Pure Bar has its own. Like for Soul Cycle, if you were to work at Soul, they put you through their own training. Different things like that, which I feel like that's what every studio is kind of like now for the most part. Um, so I'm certified through Pure Bar. And then I'm also certified through Legree, which was the workout that you did today. So on the Megaformer. You, like that machine is so intricate. The springs, where you are, the amount of springs you have on, the handles, all that stuff. So you need to have degree in order to be teaching on that machine. Then I am certified in TRX, which I love the TRX. I used to teach at a TRX studio and that was awesome. I feel like it gave me my first kind of look into teaching strength or hit style because I came from like the bar and Pilates background. So that kind of changed some things for me. And I use the TRX a lot with my private clients. So bar, Legree, TRX. Then I have my certified personal training through NCSF. And the reason I chose that one, actually at the time, I knew a lot of people working at Equinox. And that was the one, that was one of the certifications that Equinox suggested. So I kind of just took their word for it. Like I was, maybe that was like my first two years. Because I had my personal training for a while, but it took me time to get clients. I kind of just wanted to get it to like feel more comfortable in myself teaching, learning more about the body. Cause I didn't go to school for kinesiology or anything. Right. So I wanted to just make sure I understood the body a little more. Then I have Mike Boyle's CFSC certified functional strength coach. And that taught me more of how to train people. Like what the outline is. If someone can't do this, regress them to this, progress them to that. Um, and how to build a program for somebody. Then I have pre and postnatal specialists, which I get so many moms in class and as clients. So again, I just want to feel comfortable as they're walking into my class. And if a woman reaches out to me and she says, hey, I'm six, week, uh, six months postpartum, I know exactly what I should be doing. Because in the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing. It was totally new to me, obviously, teaching. And we had like pregnancy workshops at the studios, but until that certification, I learn everything I know now for that. And I think that's it. Oh, and then I have my Pilates mat, which I just love because I, I came from bar and then the machine. 
And then to work at another studio I was at, they wanted you to have Pilates mat. And I did it. And I'm so happy I did that. I did it through Linda Farrell. Okay. I think her Instagram is like Linda Fit. She does her own Pilates certification. And it's amazing. She does a two-day anatomy course. And you, she's just so smart. Like every, I, and I'll, I'll actually review it a lot with her. During COVID, I jumped into her course again. Because every time I learned something else about the human body that... You know, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like I'm never going to know it all because there's just so many muscles and bones and everything. Well, do you? So you're. You said you're going to get become a nutritionist. You're going to go. Well, I'm getting. I want to do the precision nutrition so that when clients do ask me, I am comfortable answering their questions. And then if I do want to take more of that nutrition approach, I know how I should be answering their questions. What are some of your goals for your fitness journey in the next couple of years? Um. A corrective exercise specialist certification is definitely one I want to get as well. So that when it comes to injuries, again, through the certifications, yes, you learn modifications and regressions. But I really, truly want to understand if someone's back hurts them here, what are all the different ways of fixing that? Rather than just guessing, like really knowing. Um, and that could also be with like the functional range conditioning certification is another one I want to get. There's a lot on my list I want to get, but obviously studying for them and taking the test takes time. So I got to figure out which one I want to do first, but the corrective exercise specialist is definitely high on my list so that I could deal with injuries and prevention. It's amazing. Yeah. And because now so many people we're working out from home, which is great. But you're not getting that one-on-one attention. No. There's only so much you can well, and say I, and like correct today, through a screen. So today, like when we were in class, um, having you there, like yeah. correcting me, mm-hmm. especially with my back being out for four days yeah. um, and being able to do it. But it was nice to have someone there yeah. to be like, okay, this is how you have to do and this is how right. you do. But I, what I think is interesting is when I take a rumble class, the trainers can't get off the stage and they can't go and correct you. But out here in Long Island, they can. That makes well, no I, sense. I just think that is their model. Because I've, I've no never... For I don't think city. that's like a Long Island city thing. I think it might be because in the city, they can't come near you. And that doesn't make any sense. But I feel like their model was always kind of you quote-unquote perform or teach on the stage and like the clients are oh, at the but bags. no they always still came out and corrected you oh really yeah oh, oh yeah. see i haven't been i haven't been to rumble in a long time yeah no they always um, corrected you so i just thought it was interesting how you were able to be right with us yeah and helping us mm-hmm. and when i went to rumble on friday Corey was like i can't like, yeah oh okay i when we first opened so we've been open for a longer time i think we've reopened in september october and I wouldn't hands-on correct anybody. Well, okay. even how we tell you guys to, like, grab your poles, move your poles, put your straps in. We try to minimize us touching most of the things. Now, if someone's, like, hip or back is completely out of whack, I will come by and, like, tweak a little bit. Or show you, like, say, hey, turn your hip this way. Um, because I just feel like it's so different you can't just say the cue, the cue is cue, and hoping someone's like, hoping that's landing. Now I'll touch people more. But when we first opened, pre, well, pre shutdown, <laughs> post shutdown, I mean, I wasn't touching anybody. anybody. Now that we're, what, open for September to May, however many months that is, um, I'll slightly start to like adjust people now. Just a little bit. No, I helps. thought it was great. Yeah. Um, if, 
I was to ask your boyfriend yeah. <laughs> five things we don't know about you, what would he say? Oh, oh, oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot. Five. Okay, I'll, you can do three. <laughs> um, three that you don't know about me? I think that I'm just, like, really a weirdo at heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, you know, we'll be hanging out at home, and I don't know, I'll just say, like, weird things or do weird things. Like, I am, even though I'm an extrovert teaching and I'm a pretty outgoing person. When it comes to, like, parties or when I was younger, I was, like, an introvert. Like, I was always going out and doing things, but I feel like I definitely have a shy sense to me. And then when I'm warmed up, I'm like, okay. So most of the time, I feel like people would think, I'm outgoing, I'll do whatever, and this and that. But I do, like, to keep to myself. But then when I'm at home with him, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just a weirdo at heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, on Instagram, you show, obviously, like, the perfect size all the time but definitely a weirdo at times um what else do you have a unique hobby that we don't know about I did take up piano lessons oh, during I COVID yeah so the guy on my block he studio noir it's in Long Beach I went in person to him I think for about two months and then COVID happened and I bought a keyboard for at home so then we were doing it through zoom this past month I just had to put it on pause because I was away for two weeks and then like with my schedule it was just a little out of whack but I was doing that for probably like about 10 months or so and that was just because I always wanted to learn to play it because I never had awesome. a, I never did yeah. an instrument growing up I was always in chorus um so I just wanted to try it and then I love to give back I love to hire people locally so I just, he, I literally knew he was at the block and I was like, I'd love to give him the money. You know, it's right in Long Beach and stuff. What else? Um, <laughs> I won't, you, you don't have any. So piano lessons, probably a weirdo at heart. I'm trying to think of there. I mean, like weird. I could literally put ketchup on like everything. Oh my God. I most, That's I think like <laughs> the biggest, so I did a poll on like, you put ketchup, things you put ketchup on. Like, Wait, I answered that actually. I, I put ketchup on tuna fish, macaroni and cheese, potato chips. I, do you, I mean, so I don't actually, weird. I don't put it on any of that stuff, but I put it on eggs. I mean, most yes, burgers eggs. are sandwiches, French fries, obviously. I like chicken cutlets. I used to dip it in yes! steak. I would put I know. it like. No, I do dip it in steak, but not if I go to like a steakhouse. No, I would never no. do it. I just started eating steak. I, if I was younger, if I had steak, I need to like douse it in ketchup. Now I'm like oh, appreciating. Now I'm appreciating just like having a good sauce on it, or you know, just I don't know. My boyfriend usually cooks the steak whenever we have it because I'm not, I'm not good at cooking that yet. But oh yeah, and then maybe that I really love to cook. That could be another thing. <laughs> most, people, most people might know that, but it's hard to think of it on the spot. I wonder what he would say. That would be interesting. He'll have to comment on this when it's up. Sure, you totally can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do people get a hold of you if they want to train with you, they want to come to a class? So my Instagram is DiFalzerano, which I'm sure, sure you'll tag, but it's mm -hmm. D-I-F-A-L-Z-A-R-A-N-L. It's my last name. And then my website is dynamic-fitness.org. So through there, you can either send me an email. I have a little reach out sheet. Or you can message me on Instagram. I always answer everybody back. You can email me through there. It's dynamicfitnessny at gmail.com. And in terms of my schedule, I teach at Pure Bar Manhasset, Core & Co, Legree, and Rockville Center. And then training or private classes or beach classes are always on I'm my website or my Instagram. Classes. 
So, and then my subscription is $10 a month for your first month and then $30 a month after that. So there's definitely all different avenues that you can reach out to me. Awesome. So much fun talking with her. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope the ocean waves were not too much. I actually kind of liked it and didn't think it sounded bad. But if you thought it did, please let me know. Um, Please feel free to follow the podcast, like the podcast, head over to our IG, the Fitness Diaries podcast. Give us a follow, like the post. Also, my personal IG, if you want to follow, is LisaRap6 underscore. And then I also have Medium Rare with Lisa. So check those out. Also, Diana and I are going live tonight at 5 o'clock, and so hopefully you can be there. Bye.